0: Okay, so one Canon broke. Yep, and then the Panasonic.
1: So, um, I definitely have that somewhere. I only broke one camera. So you still have two. Mm. So
0: you still have a Panasonic and a Canon.
1: Yeah, somewhere. Wow, I have to find them. You think they work? Yeah. Yeah. Really? Ooh.
0: Yeah, because I feel like you know. You you I broke just remember. I
1: think I broke the Panasonic in uh, Warica because yeah. all the dust. Yeah, all the dust got in the lens and completely trashed it.
0: What happened to the first GoPro? No idea.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea, dude. <coughs> Don't so just, trust me with very expensive. Just so I
0: do understand, we have bought you six cameras. I mean... The company s- has bought six cameras... That, that keep that, getting mysteriously destroyed. Yeah. Disappeared or yeah. have been
1: Broken. Yeah, yeah, it's not good. It's not good, dude. It's not a good situation. There was one day
0: (laughs) where we were hunting, bro, and I went to your truck and opened the car door, Mm -hmm. the back car door. Mm -hmm. Cannon is on the ground, (laughs) 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 frozen in Gatorade. (laughs) What? There was like no Gatorade or Mountain Dew Rise or something, you know. It was
1: frozen That had
0: tipped over on the ground Oh my god <laughs> And the camera was laying on the ground It's <laughs> Frozen <laughs> From your car sitting overnight
1: That was so unintentional <laughs> <Dude>. <laughs> Oh my god
0: That's probably the cannon that Joey didn't break too by the way <laughs> uh.
1: Oh that's funny dude Oh my God! It's sad though, because I don't want to. I don't want that to happen, you know. <laughs> I don't want that to happen. I don't want to have that stigma of like, oh, don't let Joey touch that, you know. But it, it's a it's a real thing.
0: Remember when we found your boat?
1: Yeah, which time? <laughs> wait, wait. When we went
0: to when we went to opener, and it was it was behind the barn,
1: <laughs> and you went behind the barn. You are like, okay. oh. So, oh, here, here's the deal. That's uh, where my boat was. Carter, uh, here's the deal. On that one, not 100% my fault. I oh, had all this oh. stuff in the boat, okay, right? Yep. And it's at my cabin. So, my dad's like, oh, I'm going to move it 25 times. Couldn't find the damn boat when we yep. went there. And he took all of my stuff that was in the barn- and threw it in the boat Now I did leave some of it in the boat myself okay. But I didn't recognize 30 items in that boat <laughs> Yeah, And I had a tarp over the boat yeah. And obviously wind blew the tarp off And blah 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 yeah. Naturally not scared. <laughs> But when I did it I had a cinder block on either side of the boat So it was like tensioned So water could run off Okay. However Rob moving it 39 times Doesn't take as much care of it as I do five, Of course Five hour energy Why would he? five-hour energy rob yeah so he just gets he only too hopped up. he only gets he gets so hopped up on caffeine that he Bro. starts <laughs> running implements into the barn and shit and then he just gets like two like yeah just gotta get this done you know Cal runs around like a crazy man <laughs> no but yeah. let me finish so i had six mojo flock of flickers in there yeah. that one was me and cal's like where did those flock of flickers go i think that'd be fun to like use this on i think it's perfect for this hunt and we're like, oh, I don't know. And then we find the boat and they're like encased in ice. <laughs>
0: like six in, inches of ice block in the et, bottom of the boat.
1: Frozen mojos. Yeah. Lucky ducks. Everything is just destroyed in the bottom of this boat. And we're like chipping ice out to get to everything. <laughs> it's just like, okay.
0: Yeah. And none of it was good anymore. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. <laughs> so we literally, yeah, found this dude's boat. And the best part to me was like, I know you knew it was like there. Right. But Joey went there like three times and tried to find his boat. Yep. couldn't find. Never it. asked his dad where the boat
1: was. Well, you
2: and just then, don't do that.
0: And then <laughs> literally would come home and be like, "Yeah, man, I just don't know where
1: it went." Yeah, I feel like that's an <laughs> exaggeration, but you don't ask Rob where he put stuff because he doesn't know.
2: That's a fair point. You know,
1: yeah, or he
0: just can't hear you when you yeah. ask
2: him. That's true.
0: Shout out to he right. Shout out to he right. Uh, guys, on this episode of the Midwest Flyways podcast, we're going to talk to our buddy Spaulding. So if you've heard the podcast before with him, he's hilarious. So it's going to be a blast. We've got a couple of interesting topics that I've got to bring up that will do the worst. Uh, New fling, steady, love, old news, just the tip. Carter's here for his first time. Um, Carter, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Go ahead and play the intro. Bring that volume button Sir. up on the...
3: There's there he's got it.
0: I didn't tell him that, so.
2: <laughs>
1: I can't not do that. Every- <laughs>
0: <coughs> uh, if you like that ringtone, email us midwestflowers at gmail.com, and I'll send you the ringtone for your, the intro song for your ringtone. It's an MP4. It's an MP3, I think.
1: Well, all I know is that I can't do it on my iPhone. So I think can't it's do on your iPhone. I can't make it a ringtone on my iPhone for I'll reason. I'll send it to you. I'll send you an MP3. I don't want it as my ringtone personally, just because I hear it every week. Oh sure, but oh my God, do you want to hear what I made my new ringtone? Yeah, it is. Absolutely. It Definitely. is honestly amazing. Let me pull it up here. Yeah, play it for me. It's iTunes Store, right? While you bring that up, this podcast is
0: also brought to you by Onyx Hunt, and Onyx has a ton of new features, guys, that are coming out. Um, and they're constantly working to make the app better and better. Uh, Joey and I have definitely been using the track line a lot where you can just basically trace where you go in and out. The app works without cell service, so even if you're hunting in the boonies, which most of us are a lot of the time, uh, you can still rely on it. Incredible imaging. You can go and see all the different fields that you could be hunting, kind of scout an area for corn, whatever you need to do. So go to onexhunt.com. Uh, you can use our code MWF twenty for twenty percent off any of your memberships. Did you find this?
1: Yeah, I'm having a hard time finding ringtones, but yeah, don't worry about it. Here, um, here it is. Oh, okay. So this is my new um, ringtone for people that I don't have a specific ringtone for. Sounds good. <laughs>
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. That sucks. Wow. You know what that
2: is, Carter? I'm not old, no.
1: You're not old, he says. Dude.
0: It's awful. (laughs) Let me tell you something. People would play Pokemon on their Game Boy and listen to that music for hours, dude. (laughs) I mean, eight hours. I was one of those people. Yeah. Staying up in his bed all night, and
1: the volume was as low as he could get it, but he had to hear a little of it, you know? little. It's true. I did have to hear a little bit (laughs) of it. (laughs) Do you remember uh, when the hyper beam would go off? No. <sighs> okay. No. No, I'm not going to oh, play it for you. I'm just. Yeah. I'm don't very, make the sound. I'm either, very disappointed you know. with you. Yeah, I can't imitate that noise. I didn't
0: play it as much <laughs> as you, man.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's okay. I
0: didn't. I just didn't. You know. Um. Interestingly enough, I was reading different duck hunting articles recently. And South Dakota um, is now going to offer 300 more non-resident tags, um, and the local folks are not pumped. Right. They uh, <laughs> they were pretty unhappy about it, and they were like, "I don't really understand why they would do this." Um and money if <laughs> no shit money yeah because nobody voted for it nobody wanted it they just did it right you know and obviously for money but yeah people are you know. This is going to start to present a real problem for us out here. And that made me wonder, should we just, should Minnesota do that? Should we only provide, like, what if Minnesota, you had to get, like, a draw? You had to draw a lottery. Like, you couldn't just buy an out-of-state
1: license. I don't think a whole lot of people would be buying a state license here then. I don't think so. No. No, I think it would be dumb if Minnesota did that. I think it's dumb that South Dakota does that. Me too, I don't get it. Because There's like so few people because every like, year in South Dakota, and well, I think they give out Carter. You might know this: thirty nine hundred out of state licenses every year.
2: Sounds close. Yep.
1: And they sell out every year, and so what's an out of state license in South Dakota? Minimum of a hundred dollars, right? Yeah. So I think with the habitat stamp, it's hundred and twenty. And so what's hundred and twenty times four thousand? That's forty grand about what? 40 grand? 20
0: times 4,000?
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Isn't it... It's a 420. It. It's like going to be oh. 400. Sorry. Oh, okay. Yeah,
1: I, I misplaced a zero. I'm like,
0: how did you ah, get to 42,000? Half a million. 120, yeah, times 4,200. <laughs> yeah, 4,200? 4,
1: yeah, 504,000. Oh, my. Yeah. A couple of zeros. Joey's like, that's like 40 grand. <laughs> <laughs> so now imagine... Like, if they just kept it open, they make a couple mil easy every year. Yeah. Off of hunting. Off people hunting ducks only, bud. Right. But I think that's one of the reasons why South Dakota's amazing. Because this doesn't have a whole lot of -of out-of-state traffic. That's what I'm saying,
0: though. Like, do you think we get a lot of -of out-of-state traffic?
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, Do Do you think that it
0: would be better for us if we didn't? No. Not really. You don't think we'd have better hunting? No, I think think we have a lot of
1: local hunters here, that's why.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think we have a lot of local hunters in Minnesota. I just I'm like in my head, I'm like, dude, that many people go to South Dakota to hunt?
1: Yeah. I mean for pheasants alone. I suppose, yeah. Quite a few. Yeah. Quite a few. I know a lot of people that don't hunt and they go to South Dakota to hunt. Like pheasants. Yeah. But who knows? I mean, if I had my choice, I'd go there every year. Yeah, I'd pretty much just skip the Minnesota season. <laughs> just go straight to Well, especially to October. Right. Just go straight to Sodak.
0: Yeah, if you are coming to Minnesota, you should come in October. <laughs> <laughs> that's a lie. Prime time. That is prime time exactly.
1: Yeah, that's lull time.
0: <clears throat> that's sleep in your blind time. It could be. Yeah. That's yeah. what I'm hoping people do when they come and they no. leave.
1: <clears throat> I mean, in in reality, though, why do you think people have lottery is it to preserve the resource? I don't
0: know, man. I mean, it's a legitimate question. Like, why do you think? Like what's the main reason? Probably to preserve the resource for the local, resident for residents.
1: Carter?
2: I don't think overall if 10,000 more hunters went there every year, it would affect the population, but the locals probably wouldn't be too happy.
0: Well, and that's, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. But, like, I guess at but the end the of the day. the locals aren't
1: the, the, the resource. You know, yeah, the birds are the resource. They're
0: yeah, the but if too. locals get pissed off enough, and they're the ones that make up a majority of the people that are actually hunting, and then they stop hunting, that's not good either. I mean, but I don't know that that's really done anything. I don't know in why North else Dakota, you know? live.
1: I don't know why else you would live in South Dakota other than to hunt and fish all the time. Personally, yeah, like there's a lot of work out there other than farming for the food. For the food, <laughs> big culinary delicacies, a <laughs> lot. They like have ten. very specific hot dishes. Really
0: good out burger there. places. Get a good burger. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know why else you. I guess I'm telling you the hot dish is pretty hot out there. <laughs> I, bet, I bet it is, man. Uh, I just think people probably just enjoy. I think a lot of people probably like space, even if they're not like into hunting and fishing. Some people just don't like to be like crowded by people. Right. So, right. a lot of space in South Dakota. You really sprawl out if you want, yeah, you, you know could. what I mean? You, you got to find a job,
1: but right. That's hey, how it goes. You know what? I want to take this time to address the last two people that comment on our uh, <laughs> oh, here review we go. page. <laughs> oh, no. I was told that the episode where we talked about conspiracy theories that it got a little Alex Jonesy, which is hilarious. But <laughs> for sure. also, stick to duck hunting was one of them. And I'm like, why, why do you get so mad at me just talking about my opinion? That's my only question. That's it. Now, Damn, thank you took for this personal. No, not at all. I'm just going to say thank you for leaving a review because that does a lot for us. But um, yeah, also cry about it at the same time. <laughs> so thanks for watching.
0: Yeah, I guess so. Anyway, awkward transition. Um, did you also know duck hunting's uh, outlawed in Australia? I did know that. That's crazy. Or,
1: um, no, Except they for in Victoria. No, I was going to say that after That's 20 years place. after twenty years of no duck hunting, it was like six, seven years ago, they just reopened it again. There's They're a trying of, to close it again now, though. There's a bunch of protesters. Did you
0: see the video on that? I didn't see the video, but I read the story about the lady that was out there collecting ducks before people could get to them. Did you see that?
1: Uh, I didn't see, I didn't hear about her <laughs> yeah. collecting ducks. Yeah, but I did hear about several like dozen protesters going out into a public marsh with air horns before people shot at birds. Nice. And so then they got arrested for hunter harassment. Yeah, so yeah. Ridiculous.
0: I read a story that there was some chick that went out there with like 400 volunteers, <laughs> <laughs> and then they would like hide in the reeds, is what it sounded like. And then when people would shoot birds. They would go swimming into the water and grab the birds and then swim back with the dead birds.
1: Isn't that like stealing?
0: I don't really know. I don't really get it. Like you're against, you know, animal harassment, but what are you doing with these birds?
1: Well, they probably don't even have a license either. So the thing that's weird
0: <laughs> to me though, is like, did people just keep on it?
1: They had to have. Oh, that bird got away.
0: <laughs> some, some ratty hippie guy swims into the river and grabs your bird.
1: You can't you shoot just, God's and creation. And you
0: just stay.
1: Oh my God, you're part of the problem. Yeah, it's so funny. We're going out here. I'm gonna <laughs> shoot some ducks. Yeah, shoot some dicks, and we're gonna, <laughs> you know, eat them. But they keep getting away, <laughs> so we can't eat them. Some crazy local man
0: swimming out there.
1: <laughs> okay, you need to revise <laughs> that a little bit.
0: That's fine. I think. Uh, I think it sounds okay.
1: Real quick, um, before we call Spaulding, is yeah. he like ready for us? By the way, I think
0: I'm gonna text him right now. But yeah, okay. he should be. Go ahead. Um,
1: what would you say your best accent is? <laughs> I don't know. Man. You you have no idea. Like, what's Maybe. your go to? Um, like when you're making fun of someone or you're just trying to be someone else, you're like, I'm really good at that one because your Cartman impress impersonation impersonation uh, is incredible. But I like,
0: would say I would. I don't really know, man. I don't, like, I don't think about like it. When I don't you're have joking like a around,
1: go-to. you don't... Yeah,
0: no, I don't have... I don't know. It just depends on the situation, I guess.
1: I have a lot. Yeah, well, I know. No, I think I think my three favorites are Southern. You know? That is... I don't know why. I just constantly gravitate that whenever I'm talking with my wife. We just do it so much, it's ridiculous. Um, and then Australian is another favorite of mine. Yeah. You know what I mean?
0: I think my Australians are right, mate. I mean, it's not the best. It's not bad. It's not the best. It's not bad though. <laughs> it's you kind, know, of, kind but, of like a redneck, kind of Australian. You know, a little bit.
1: Yeah. But no, I think uh, Southern. Don't I? I have no idea where it is in the South or Australian are two of my favorites. Yeah, really like Mexican too, but it's because I work with Mexicans all the time. It's just right. it honestly just comes so easily. Yes. Mr. Basayo. What's Roar. Roar. Roar is no good. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? Body, what happened? A right, of times I've heard those exact words. What happened? Are you ready? Yeah. Oh, I'm ready. Can
0: you give us an ad before we go to Spalding? Spalding
1: yeah. is brought to you by Soundgear, Joey. Well, you're going to pick the sponsor, I guess. Sorry. Um, yeah, guys, this podcast is sponsored by Soundgear. We have Phantoms, a custom molded to your ear hearing protection. And let me tell you game changer when it comes to hunting. And then also when I'm on the construction site, pretty much anything with loud noises, pretty much my hearing's pretty bad these days. And so it's nice that I'm protecting it all the time now, whenever I'm around loud noises, really don't want to be like my dad, Rob in that podcast where he constantly can't hear what I'm saying. So be sure to go check out soundgear.com. They have a bunch of different options. We also have a discount code MWF twenty or one twenty five. MWF one twenty five. Don't even know it. MWF one twenty five to get hundred and twenty five bucks off of instant fits. Thank and they you. are awesome. All right. And here I will call Spalding.
0: Doctor Spaulding, actually. Doctor. Yeah, don't forget. Spaulding. Here
3: we are we're locked Yeah, I'm here.
1: Yes. He's here. Dude. Joey. We're good to go. What's up?
3: Joey, what's up, man?
1: Dude, I miss you.
3: Hey, bro, hey, you know what? They stay down in my end of the territory. Don't worry about the mule going blind. Just get on up in the wagon, brother, and hold
2: <laughs> on to the line. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh,
0: man. Dude, oh, my goodness. You got oh the goodness.
3: right one, baby. You Let's got go. the right one, baby. I love
0: it. What's Dude, your hey? It. What's your you what's your right saying, Spalding? It's the right one. A, a yeah, good gun. Okay,
3: my saying is uh, the right one: a good gun and a dog.
0: Hell yes, that, that's
3: go. my trademark.
0: I love that.
3: <laughs> the right one: a good gun and a dog.
0: When are you gonna start? When are you gonna start uh, some of your own podcasts and videos and stuff, and then you can have that saying at the end of every video.
3: Well, you know, I'm learning how to do that, man. That's why, you know, I'm hanging out with you guys so that yeah. I can learn how to do that and get educated. You know, I want to be able to hunt for a living. Right. Now, I'm tired of, doing, you know, counseling is fine, you know, and I've helped, I'm have helped actually helping myself out of business. You know, I, I'm not kidding. I work right. so good and right. I help clients and, you know, they get well and then they go on and, you know, I'm actually decreasing my caseload, I'm like, man, and people say, look, dude, you, you're just too good. You know, I get phenomenal reviews. And people said, look, I've never ran into anybody like him in my life. He is so down to earth. And he is so real. And he doesn't sugarcoat anything. And he doesn't fake it to make it he just tells it like it is. And he's got this way of just making it come across real. And plus, I've got lived experience, and it helps. And again, I have helped numerous. I can say, after the podcast, I'll send you a copy of my link, and you can go in and see some of the testimonials, man. It's like, you know, and I'm doing everything from uh, couples counseling, dealing with anxiety, depression, anger management, alcohol, substance abuse, uh, you name it. And it's just been wonderful. So, But I would prefer to hunt for a living. <laughs> well, right.
0: And, you know, obviously our dream, Spalding, be able to hunt and help other people learn the joy of being outside hunting and fishing and doing things in the outdoors, too.
3: Oh, absolutely. And, you know, and I kind of, and I, a lot of my clients, I'm, I'm dealing with a lot of teenagers now, too. I've got a lot of teenagers coming on my caseload. And guess what I've been indoctrinating them with, ha. Hunting. hunting. I've been sharing fishing. pictures of the duck hunt, you know, and I've been showing them just pictures of, you know, when we were out in uh, North Dakota and pheasants. and I'm getting them really excited about it. Yeah. And, and, and you know, that's trying to make sure it, it goes, you know, pass it on and I'm just excited about it. I've got my GoPro hooked up. I've been doing a lot of videos training my dog. And I've got her coming along real well. And I'm, I've got the GoPro now set up to go underwater. I just brought me a brand new 38 Special Spear what? Gun. <clears throat> what? JBL Spear Gun. I'm starting <laughs> to do underwater hunting. You know, we're going to take it to the whole another level. You know, it's going to oh be like my two gosh. Four. seven. then we're going to hunt, but we're going to 24.7 hunt underwater
1: underwater oh. hunting well remember he talked yeah, about yeah, it I, last time I, I do, with the shark and all that and the well, glow sticks and shit oh yeah.
3: yeah i got the new gun man. the gun's phenomenal and i've got all my equipment tuned up and i got the gopro i'm learning how to do the gopro i'm learning how to edit and i'm learning i've got the whole adobe software from all the new stuff all the way down to AI guy and everything so i want to get i want you know hang out with you guys and let you guys be my mentor how about that
0: Spaulding, I have literally, I, I will tell you this, I've literally told everybody I know you're one of the most interesting and authentic people I've ever met, and so I totally think you could do the videos, and I think it would blow, I think people would love it, man. They would love you. 100%. <laughs>
2: yeah.
3: Well, I appreciate that, and that's what I want to do, man. i got this built-up passion, you know, and it's hard to fake authenticity. Yeah, and it comes across as, as real you know every time i don't know you know there's an old saying out there you know fake it till you make it i don't know about that every time i tried to fake it to, to, to try to make it i got screwed <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, well, and, that's, know, it, that's
0: life I, lessons baby <laughs> yeah,
3: and see, and, you know and it's a, it's a it's a significant difference when you know a lot of people talking about yes every after having a spiritual awakening You know, most of my awakenings haven't been spiritual. They've been rude awakenings. Like, okay, you know, like, joke you into some reality here. Like, what does a thousand milligram of reality taste like? Let me tell you, brother. You know, I'm trying to tell you. I'm like the staple singer. You know, I'll take you there.
1: (laughs) I knew exactly where
0: you were going. (laughs) Spaulding, I would say man. I would say this. It's not fake it till you make it, but I will say there's definitely a piece of being willing to just put yourself out there too, though. You know, you're not gonna have oh, well. every answer, you're not gonna know everything, and people are always gonna think you're wrong online because that's their favorite thing in the world to do. People that don't want to go out and do it themselves. They want to watch your right. videos and tell you that you're wrong. And the sure. reality of it too is just, you know, being able to, and the thing, you can also be the guy that's like, well, I don't know anything about this, but it's going to be a fun video.
3: Oh, absolutely. And I'm looking at it, you know, with my age, you all, do you realize that my age, I am 65 years old.
0: Yuck. Years young. Yucky. Yucky.
3: I know, man. I want to, you know, as nothing else. You know, I want to try to hook up with the senior citizen crowd. Y'all need to come hunt. Y'all don't need to be out there hanging out at the, you know, the senior citizen development, you know. The VFW. Phases.
0: They're at that's the
3: VFW. Y'all need to come on out and get in the woods, man, and talk about let's, let's rock it till it drops. Well, that yeah. smells burnt gunpowder. Right. You know, guess what, guys? I went and purchased two new slingshots. Because, you know, I talked about when I used to kill Robins with slingshots right. back in the yep. old days, yep. you know, shooting pellets. I went and got the regular old slingshot. And I didn't realize daisy got marble that they used with it. And yeah. we were out in the woods the other day. I was out with Renard's daddy, Waldo, you know, and hit my hunt buddy. And I don't know you guys didn't meet Dr. Fulpa. But I was out in the woods the other day. We were working on some property. And I brought, took my slingshots. I got a wrist rocket and a regular slingshot, guys. <laughs> and I am death. I've already killed <laughs> well, a crow, a robin. Did
0: you get a squirrel and, yet?
3: Uh, huh? Did
0: you get a squirrel?
3: With a slingshot. I hadn't shot a squirrel yet. I hadn't shot a squirrel at all.
1: But Did you I say had, that you and, are? And
3: I got witnesses. I got witnesses.
1: No, I, I'm going to need I'm,
3: talking about I'm gonna need Waldo's over. number. The Y, yeah, I'll give you Waldo's <laughs> number. And and Dr. Fulker, I got one of those old-fashioned <laughs> y slingshots made by Daisy with the yellow rubber bands on it, and I'm knocking them out the box, man. I told them this year at the dub shoot, I'm not going to bring my shotgun. I'm no, bringing uh, my slingshot. Shut up. You're going to
0: slingshot.
3: I'm going to shoot slingshot because I got tired of being sit down killing too many birds. You know, and they always tell my uncle. Said, "Son, you know, you never go to a dove shoot. You better do. It. You and you're not going to ever be invited back." I said, "Okay, why not?" <laughs> See, you killed too many birds, and I didn't believe that. So, you know, when I can go now, I know that I'm not coming back. So, I try to kill everything that flies, and they're <laughs> not going to invite me back.
1: <laughs> Spaulding, did you, when you were telling us that story, did you say that you are death?
3: am i what
1: now you said i went into the slingshot i went into the woods with my slingshot and i tell you what i am yeah. death is that yeah. what you said
3: i am death <laughs> i am death i should have had on that black gown and a, one of those gr- reaping things a sickle
1: that you a scythe off.
3: yeah the sickle. i should have had that and i mean i'm tearing it up you're man, the grim reaper the slingshot. i got witnesses the, i got witnesses you're the grim reaper I'm the Grim Reaper, man. When it comes, like, look, something's got that. Just you know, it's a good day to die. You remember, I'm that one. I am, I am the right one. <laughs>
0: no Stop. doubt. I am you
3: know, dead. If, if, if people don't believe me, if I tell you, I say, look, Joey, look, man, the berries are right. and you can and don't worry about it where they are. You just go, you just go ahead, get your bucket, and come on. Don't worry about it. We're going to pick. All right. right. My word. My word is like that. You're you're right, Barry's. Look, man, I can show you better than I can tell you.
0: The right one, a good gun, and a dog.
3: The right one, a good gun, and a dog.
0: (laughs) Hey, we have Spalding. We have a few questions for you.
3: Sure. Go ahead.
0: Being a psychologist, all right, here's an interesting thing. People. They want to go hunting and fishing, but they get ragged on by their wife for doing it. And what's the number one thing a husband could tell their wife about why it's important for them to go hunting and how that relates to their marriage or their relationship?
3: Well, I can tell you why, why it's really important. Because when, when a person goes out hunting, he has to learn to be meticulous. He has to learn to slow down and to be observant, and that will teach him how to not only as he's stalking, especially if he's stalking, he has to be delicate in the stalking arena. And then he also has to be able to listen more. See, it's one thing that wives need, they want to feel heard. And that's the biggest complaint that women use. Some women come in to counseling and say, I don't feel heard. Yeah. And we men have a tendency to not understand what it means to listen and how to listen and how to learn how to do that in the wilderness, slowing down, learning to pay attention to mother nature, understanding what, in the mornings just before sunrise just just before the crack of dawn the the night animals are all out there chirping and the crickets and then all of a sudden there's this immediate silence just as the dome cracks yeah and then the day animals come on board that teaches men how to listen and then it teaches them how to pay attention Two things that their wives need to have. They want the husbands to be able to pay attention to these. They so, want to be able to do that.
1: So what you're saying is... Go ahead. If men go out and listen to Mother Nature, they'll be more apt to listening to mommy, essentially.
3: To listen to mommy at home. That's right. That's it. And sit there and go back, look, look, you know, it's like, okay... I'm going out, and it's teaching me the skills to better love you, and to better meet your needs, to better understand. It opens my ears to hear. You so, know, and then your.
1: So you don't ahead. think you don't think the woman's going to call bullshit? You don't think so? Because <laughs> that's very philosophical well, no, not, of you.
3: Well, not not really, and not in rural South Georgia, especially if I'm bringing home the meat. that just cut down on the grocery bill. There
1: you go. That's true. Write that down.
0: Yeah. Well, obviously, it's pretty important for people to have hobbies and stuff too.
1: Sure. Yeah. What do you What do you Absolutely. think is that? Especially in our case, right? So you have a sixty day season in Georgia, right, to hunt ducks.
3: Something like that. Yeah, I hadn't hunted ducks in Georgia in years, though. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because you know, y'all Makes get sense. an hour in the morning. After that, fly by in the morning. Those wood ducks. After about an hour and a half, two hours, poof, <laughs> it's over.
1: No, right. No ducks in Georgia. So. So let's say you get sixty days. Let's say you get sixty days in the season to hunt. What do you think is an acceptable amount in order to not piss off your wife to go out and hunt? Because there's been some years where I've hunted fifty days out of sixty. So like, yes, honey, I got to go out into Mother Nature. I'm gonna listen more, and I'll and I'll come home and listen to you more. But she's gonna be like, listen, man, you aren't even home to listen to me
0: but with how bad you are listening you probably should have hunted for 60 days <laughs>
1: damn
3: well and let me tell you what you do you see when you're out there you're hunting you're invigorating yourself and then when you do go out and i want to do the full 60 days every day and see what i'm going to do when i get back home you know in the afternoons or you know after a couple of days i'm going to try to re- i'm going to remind my wife where and show her where the honeymoon spot is okay you know where the honeymoon spot is right
1: no i what is that
3: that's a particular area of the bed
1: (laughs) oh on the bed
3: gotcha
1: (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah
3: yeah you know and you get it right there in that honeymoon spot and you do what you need to do and, and if you're doing what you need to do right you know you got a couple of more days to hunt, cause I'm gonna, she gonna try to. She's gonna be comatose for a little while. Damn,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I might have to call you about some notes later. But that's
0: technique,
3: um, man. No, I know, that's and I think technique. we might
1: have to discuss that later off the podcast. There's a level of natural ability required, right?
0: Right. But.
3: Yes, it is. It is. It, it is, and it's tender love and care, of course. You know, and it makes a lot of difference, man, when you All are right. able
1: hey. to do that. Hey, then, hey,
0: hey, Hey, I have a question for you. For real, <laughs> I do have a real question for you. H- sure. What's the furthest you ever shot an animal from? Because I, I, I need I to shot, know.
3: I shot that elk. I shot that elk. at, And I'm shooting a, a Remington 30-06. Zeroed in at 100 yards because that's what I shoot in Georgia. I shot that elk when I glassed him and I put the rangefinder on him. He was off. He was 500 yards off. So I waited because I'm figuring I'm shooting a 150 grain bullets and I'm sitting there going like, okay, it's going to drop a foot every second there. So I got to figure out, I'm going to wait. I, I let him get in a little closer to when, as soon as he got to 300 yards, I calculated 150 grain bullets. It's going to drop a foot per hundred feet. So I got to shoot a yard stick over his back. Yeah. And that's what I calculated. I shot him at 300 yards off, zeroed in at a hundred yards.
0: Damn. and That's and, badass. And you killed him. Yes, sir. Damn. You know, that's and cool. I was
3: telling that I was talking the other day. We got a buddy of ours that hunts with us. He's a, he's a urologist. He's a doc. And I tell them, like, when I used to hunt my deer, when I shoot deer, I like to go through and do, like, the post, you know, the forensic post-examination. Oh, that's And let right. me tell you, what I do, I have this tendency to, because I don't like to mess the meat up, you know, in different shots, you know, you can screw the meat up with 30-06, out you know, you can bloodshot the meat or whatever. Spaulding. What I do.
1: You told us and that, that you. you got
3: to understand. <laughs> go ahead.
1: You told us this on the last podcast that you shoot Did a specific artery. I
3: tell you about artery. the artery Yes. <laughs> I'm telling you, I had to tell this doctor the other day. He said, Paul, and you really know where you're talking about, don't you? He's a doctor. I said, absolutely. And I can tell you, cause, yeah, I won't go deep into it. That's that biologist coming out of me. You do know I was in the past life. I was a funeral director, too, as well. So I had to know all the arteries in the veins.
1: In a past life?
3: Well, you know, I call it my past life, I, you know. I was, I grew up in a funeral business and you know, I didn't get out of it until I went over into, got into psychology. You know, it just wasn't, you know, no pun intended. Yeah. Well, it just wasn't enough life in the business.
1: (laughs) Right. (laughs) Literally. Literally. Yeah. No, you need to talk to people every day. And if you're talking to dead people all day, trust me, you're going to be the one who needs another one of you.
3: Well, you know, and and I and I and I did I provided a service though, you know, back in those days, and and, and it's, I come I grew up in a service oriented family, you know, you you find a need and you meet it, and then one of the most critical periods in time is the loss of a loved one, and and people don't realize that's one, of, and believe it or not, loss and grief are trauma, and, and it's traumatizing, and I grew up being able to serve, and and to help others like that, so you know, and that's it's really important to be able to do that and that's why that's why i have the respect for nature that i have i respect mother nature i respect the great spirit in the sky i understand that when i'm out there it is a blessing to even just be able to be out in the environment in the wilderness that is a gift yeah that is a gift that's given to me i feel privileged and I will honor that and respect it. And when I do that, I always get down. Once I harvest you know, the bounty, I get down on my knees and I thank the great spirit in the sky for allowing me to do that. And that's great respect. And that respect for the wilderness, and this is what you can tell your wife too, it teaches respect in the household. Laying all jokes aside, it teaches the respect And that energy that's involved, with, because everything is based on energy, that energy that comes along with being in the flow of the river of life, is what I call, out in the wilderness, you have to be in with the flow of the energy. You can go out in the wilderness with someone with a negative energy, a negative outlook on life, and I guarantee you, you won't catch as much fish, you won't be able to catch harvest is much gain because that energy permeates the environment, the atmosphere. It shifts the atmosphere. It's just like getting a brand new Walkman or electronic device. And I tell people this all the time, especially when they're hunting, you got to understand the energy of the universe, the energy of the wilderness, the energy that's associated with outside. It's called the river of life, what I call it. And you can sit on the bank, and the river goes by, but when you go out into the wilderness, what you can do is, it's like I said, you can get an electronic appliance, say a AA battery or a D-sized battery, and you can get a brand new appliance. If you put those batteries in backwards, you're not going to get anything. You got the negative at the bottom and the positive at the top reversed. No matter what you do you're not going it's not going to operate going into the you, you know out into the wilderness you're opening yourself up to the entire universe and if you go out there it's just like having your batteries in backwards
1: yeah you yeah, know that's... what I, you bring up a really interesting Paul or uh topic it's uh I've noticed especially the last year I had a kid last July, and you kind of get up hung up in the everyday stuff of life right yeah and i read a post where you know cherish everything that's going on in your life because in a year it's going to be completely different and it got me thinking our daughter started work walking at nine months and then Mm -hmm. ever since she started walking man she's not crawling anymore you know and that's that's literally the last time my daughter was crawling and it's like I look back and I'm like oh shit I really need to soak up every moment with my daughter for sure
3: absolutely and let me tell you metaphorically and the parallelism that comes along with that in connection and reference to the river of life it can be any river and if you are in the, in you can cross that river every day at the same place and go back and forth back in the days before they had bridges you always had to find the lowest point in the river to cross no matter how many times let's say it was the oat mulgee river no matter how many times you cross that river and come back in you step into that river often but you never step in the same river twice
0: Mm. yeah that's true you never step in the same water twice
1: yeah yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. Well, yeah, A deep shit, bud.
3: And it's growing. It's, it's just like your daughter no longer walking. Which I mean, you know, no longer crawling. She, she won't step in that that river twice, right? And just so know that. And then you have a choice, especially when it comes to outdoor living and outdoor enjoying. You can sit on the bank and watch the river go by. And all you're doing is you're just an innocent bystander. And then there's some techniques that I provide in counseling where I use the river of life when people are overwhelmed with anxiety. And instead of becoming aware of their thoughts, they get lost in their thoughts. I take them out to the river of life metaphorically, and I have them to sit on the bank. And as they sit on the bank and they get lost in their thoughts to imagine that they are now taking their thoughts off and they're finding a big oak leaf and putting that thought or that emotion or that feeling on that oak leaf or that worry or that fear. And then taking that oak leaf and setting it out in the river and watch all that leaf with worry, fear, anxiety. Slowly
1: float down
0: the river. Yeah, I feel like I'm in a fucking counseling session, bro. You are.
1: We are. Yeah, we are in a counseling session. So, no, that's cool. So when there was a year of Midwest flyways where we were ramping up, Robert and uh-huh. like we only had so many times to film with Connor, sure, because he's so busy. Ooh. He's so good that he's so busy and so like when he's working with us, he wasn't making a whole lot of money, you know, but he can go with someone else and make a lot of money. So it made it to where it like put more pressure on us to like film a really good hunt, you know, where it's like, we need to get good footage on film. Right.
3: Right. And And content. Yeah.
1: Right. But if you've ever been on a, a film where it's like not going well and you only have so many days to film a good film, like you get kind of pressured and you get anxiety and you get like, we need to kill these birds, you know? And essentially what you're saying is like nature can feel that and they can, like, you're not there to enjoy it. You're not there to just be a part of it. Like be a sportsman. You're doing it for a different reason. And you're saying that everything can feel that, huh? You're sending off a bad vibration
3: or a vibe. You got your batteries in backwards. Right.
0: That's crazy. I and mean, that's
3: it. That is real. <clears throat> that is more real than you will find in Never Never Land. Yeah. That is real. And when you take that energy on and you and, and it's like you go, and when I go out, I just take a deep breath. It's like I become the outdoors. Right. I melt into it. I, I become a part of it. I, I, I know what it's like to feel the trees, to be the trees, to know the wind, to understand the wind, to be able to let go and relax Yeah, and become the wilderness.
1: That's that something, is
3: a psychological state.
1: It's so interesting mine. that you brought this up because it's something that I've been really working on with myself. I've had so much anxiety. I've just felt so overwhelmed with so much stuff going on. And when I get home after a long day of work cuz when I'm on the when I'm at work, I'm either going places or I'm constantly on the phone, you know. Sure. And I look back and it's already been a year since my daughter's been born, right? It literally flew by, but it didn't at the same time. And I'm looking at myself right. and I'm like, "Tomorrow it's June." You know, holy crap. This is insane. What did I miss out on this year? And so now what I'm doing, especially when I'm, I just went fishing over Memorial Day weekend. Right. And I caught like five or six bass right away. It was a great time. The fish were biting midday. That never happens. And I was fishing with my future brother-in-law, my grandpa, who's 93, and my aunt and uncle, uh, Hildy and Larry from California that I see twice a year you know? Right. And it's so, and I, after I caught those five fish, I just stopped caring about how many fish that I'm catching. And I started tying their lines So it got like, they got like in the water faster and taking their fish off for them. Cause they're using treble hooks and whatever. And like, I, Absolutely. in that moment, I'm like, this is so much more important than like how many fish I'm going to catch. Am I going to you know, cast over someone's line, even though I know I can do it without hooking their line. But is that worth it at the end of the day? It's not. I'd rather just soak it in and be in the outdoors with my family.
3: And you and Cal know as well as I do, when you are out there, you enter, and you finally enter, and you it's like you go through a time warp or, or, or a stargate, and you find this zone. And then that's where Einstein stuff comes in, where time becomes just a mere perceptual constraint.
0: Yeah, well, here's here's another crazy thing about this, and this is one thing too that I've kind of that I've said to my wife before. But um, I played football in high school and then in in college Spalding. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I remember when I first met wa- my wife her asking me what I liked about football the most. And I remember saying when I'm playing football, I'm not thinking about anything except for playing football. And when right. we're hunting and there's ducks working or birds, or you're out there with your buddies,
3: exactly.
0: I'm not thinking about anything, but that group of ducks, that's coming down on top of you. Your mind is blank minus what are these birds going to do and watching these mallards. And that's an amazing thing because, like, you know, we went to North Dakota together, and, like, even those moments where those mallards are working a field and you look at everybody around you, man, nobody is thinking about anything other than those birds. And it's such a cool thing. It's kind of a freeing feeling, you know?
3: It is. It's like going into a whole nother zone. It's a different time. It's like a warp zone you know a stargate totally a and stargate is, yeah it is and it is and that is so refreshing because it is rejuvenating our spirit our mind it, it, it allows for us to release the emotional negativity it allows for us to to then intake it it's just like breathing it is an essential component yeah of living free
0: yeah, and, like, I I feel closest to God when, when I'm in the outdoors or, like, when we're hunting or something on a Sunday morning Tell and the sun's coming it. up, man, and your buddies are all there and nobody's thinking about anything but the wingbeat of a mallard duck.
3: Absolutely. That's, you Absolutely. know, to
0: me, that's that's a good morning from God right there.
3: Yes, it is. You know, I've got a lot of Native American Indian uh, heritage in my bloodline, and, and I often think about some of the sayings where I've seen some people go in a building to talk to God. We go in the wilderness, in the outdoors, yeah. to listen to God.
0: Yeah. Damn. That's so cool. <laughs> it's pretty sweet, man. That's super That's weird.
3: real. You can't fake that. You can't make that up. Yeah. Other people go in the buildings to talk to God. We go in the wilderness and get outside and we listen to God. Yeah. It gives me, goosebumps.
1: Yeah. No, oh, that's uh that's insane. It's so cool. That's so intense. It
0: makes me so sad though that so many people have never experienced it.
3: Yeah. And that's yes. I, and I want to be able to become a part of that. I want to open, you know, for when I was in the scuba diving real early on, when I first got out of uh, graduate school. And I would come back home to rural South Georgia. And I've got videos of underwater videos. And I take all my equipment. And I would go around to just community, country churches on their youth days. And I would do a youth demonstration, take all my diving equipment, my tanks, and set it up, show them videos. And, you know, and these little kids in rural South Georgia were like, I didn't know black people could even swim, you know, and they're saying, like, <laughs> I, you die? You know, yeah. and I would show and I would go through each piece of the equipment and, I, and the pastors would allow me to come into the church to do the demonstration. And I was educating those kids on, look, there's a whole nother world if you've never been underwater you don't realize the different things that you haven't seen ever seen at a hundred feet underwater on a reef. Yeah. They got little Christmas trees. They they look like you go to a Christmas tree farm and you know how the trees are cut perfect and they're all lined up. Yeah, There's Christmas trees that grow on a reef and they're, they're all different colors. They're red, they're orange, they're green, they're purple, they're yellow and they all are, perfectly cut and in perfect order, and they look like little Christmas trees. The first time I saw that, I was over and hovering, and I was like, oh, my God, this is a Christmas tree farm with all different <laughs> colored trees. And I waved over them, and then all of a sudden, they went and disappeared. That's crazy. Like, Whoa. yeah, I know. I thought it was some of that residual stuff I might have done like, when I was, you know, like 17. <laughs> <laughs>
0: having
1: Anthony, a flashback
3: yeah you know that's what they call them back, in back the to 70s, haunt you, you know, something the, hit you you know
1: something released out those, of your spine a little bit
3: yeah you know those back in those timothy leary days you know tune on turn in and you know and drop out or whatever but believe it or not what it is as i grew to understand they're worms and they are called christmas tree worms wow and they are perfectly a line just like at a Christmas tree farm and they're different colors and you get, and I got to watch that happen right there. It's like, it's
1: pretty cool. That's crazy.
0: Spalding. Spalding. No, we have, we have one more question before this thing ends. Sure. Go.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. You go want ahead. to do it? Uh,
3: go
0: ahead.
1: I mean, I was just going to talk about, uh, my experience scuba diving, but I can, or scuba diving, uh, snorkeling but
0: let's do it Do it next time all right Spalding last question sure. brought to you by Migra sure. ammunition uh, Migra okay. have, have you ever shot Migra before
3: no I have not okay haven't. well
0: we'll have to have you try it sometime but it's a 2-4 stack so they utilize two different sizes of BBs and this oh, wow. ammo is the most consistent ammo that I've ever shot Spalding I love it you need to try it sometime I'll get you a box
3: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. man. you I have to give you my address and I can would love to shoot it. It's like two different size BBs in one shell. Yes, sir. Correct. Yeah. I'll
0: send you a couple boxes. Well, I'll get your address when we're done. But last question. Sure.
3: So, so, yeah, I, go ahead. I know you've
0: been working with some younger people. Yeah. Here's a question for all of our uh, middle-aged and younger and younger followers. Are younger people lazier than previous generations?
3: I don't know if the word lazy I, I, I think the word is they have become codependent on technology more. Okay. And yeah. that's one of the biggest debates right now we are facing. If you have been keeping up with this new AI thing where they, right. they're using AI technology, artificial intelligence technology to do all kinds of things. And we have become kind of codependent on technology to the point where it's become easy to have to go and do things, it makes it a lot. And then the social media, you have to understand addiction now. This is, and I deal a lot with internet addiction, I deal a lot with porn addiction, and you have to understand what happens to the neurological pathways in the brain and how they get rerouted and how the neurochemicals begin to shift their operations, and their route around, and that affects, and it does make some people appear to be less
0: motivated, less motivated, less motivated, intelligent, yeah.
3: intelligent, and they're caught up into, it's just like when your computer freezes, and I call it a vapor lock, and computer science majors call it a feedback loop. Sometimes it appears like our society gets caught up into a feedback loop.
1: Well, what I've read on it, because I have ADD or ADHD, is um, when you are looking for that next hit of dopamine. When it comes to exactly. internet pornography, anything like that, social mm-hmm. media, you are constantly mm-hmm. like expecting this dopamine spike, and when you don't have it, yeah. it makes you very like when you have that many dopamine hits in a day, it makes you physically exhausted. Yeah and it drains your serotonin.
3: And it destroys your D2 receptors. And what happens then, you, can, you cannot find the reward system. or right. And it's based on the intermittent type of reward system. It's the same reward system that they use when they program slot machines in casinos. It's an intermittent and it's a bearable ratio. That means it doesn't always hit on five. It doesn't always hit on six.
1: There it is.
0: The meeting ended. Not now. <laughs> <laughs> so cold. Here, let me see something really quick. We got nothing. Yeah, Spaulding, uh, we're back on the phone now, and we have no... We're good. Yeah, oh, we have cool. no reverb or whatever, so we're good.
3: Okay, so, okay cool. Go ahead and well, finish what you were
0: saying there. Go ahead.
3: Yeah, yeah. I was talking about how what happens with the dopamine that you were talking about, getting that dopamine hit, yeah. and how it's the same schedule, of similar schedule of reinforcement, same classical conditioning thing that Pavlov did with the dog. Right. Where, you know, he rang the bell, he gave him meat, and the dog salivated. He rang the bell, gave him meat, and the dog salivated. He rang the bell, and give him meat, and the dog salivated. You heard so you well, All he had to yet. do was just ring the bell. He didn't have to give him to meat, then the dog salivated. B.F. Skinner, he did it with the pigeon, and it's based on schedules of reinforcement to the point where he could put a pigeon in a rocket and the pigeon would pick and guide the rocket. So when it happens like that with internet, when it happens like that with social media, and it's the same way people program slot machines in the casinos. So what's it's the solution? Ratio. Well,
1: so what's the solution for right this younger now, generation? They're not lazy. They are just well, completely right. insumed with addiction so what's
3: that's right they, somebody needs to buy them a slingshot or, or one of those red rider BB guns and take them outside <laughs> in the woods and you know and let them count how number of times they hit that target with some bb's or with that slingshot Shoot a hundred thousand rocks that has a tendency to bring you back down to earth and to unwire some of the hardwiring stuff you know and then you that's when you educate them Then. You begin to work those things in to get them excited about the outdoors, to get them integrated back into becoming part of that nature when they can get away from that cell phone or those social media likes and all those things. And Spalding, it does, and it,
1: yeah. do you feel like it's orchestrated? Like what the effect of the internet and all of these addictions? Because, you know, have you, have you heard the... The quote where it says, "Strong men make mm-hmm.
0: yeah, uh, yeah. weak men. Tough times make strong men. There strong men make
1: good times. Good times mm-hmm. make weak
0: men. Weak men make tough times."
3: Absolutely, and I can let me tell you how, why, and how, and why do you think they call them algorithms? Why is that? Because they're programmed to do exactly what they are designed to do. And then they feed you exactly what you, why do you think when we're on our phone and we start talking about that particular brand of, if you type it in on your phone right now, guess what, all your advertisements start to show up. Right. And if you sit there with your phone on right now and you say, hello, Google, guess what happens?
1: It knows you're talking to it.
3: Yeah. Yes. And then it starts to feed you the stuff that you are locking into. And then when it comes to those dopamine receptors, and there's some holes, I don't want to get too theoretical, but it's a lot. It's called the cardboard butterfly effect. You can look this up. The cardboard butterfly effect.
0: Cardboard butterfly effect.
3: Yes, the cardboard butterfly effect. And it's been researched and it's scientific based where Scientists have even taken butterflies and they made them larger than life and they decorated them more extravagant than the real butterflies. They were extremely larger. And the butterflies, instead of attempting to mate with the real butterflies, they all moved to the cardboard butterfly because it was a super normal experience. They've mm. even We've even taken That's why we study rats in the rat labs in psychology. They've even taken it to, in my, one of my last continuing ed conferences, they took wild grizzly bears and wild bald eagles, and they created a so-called cardboard artificial salmon, and it was extremely larger than the regular salmon. The bears and the eagles would invariably – go to the cardboard or the fake salmon made with salmon because it was extremely larger than the real one.
1: It's crazy.
3: That's proven.
1: So what do you think?
3: It's, the, called, the, it's called the... Go ahead. What do I think?
1: No, it's the cardboard butterfly effect for sure. I've I, That's my first time hearing about that. I mean, it makes complete sense. So what do you think? Yes. So what do you think the option is for... Today, then, or what's the solution? Well, I mean.
3: and you know, and I have to tell a lot of my clients sometimes when it comes to certain situations, and it is tough. And I ask this question: Have you ever seen anybody ever unscramble an egg? No. Huh. You're right, <laughs> but being the but being the optimist, I am, and optimism is. Well, at least if the eggs are still hot, we can put cheese on them, and all still have cheese eggs. How about that? <laughs>
1: <laughs> so you're saying there is I no did. solution, huh?
3: No, I didn't. I, and I have to often tell people because they want to know the exact nature of why and what. And sometimes to only be able to definitively prove some things, you it can only be done through an autopsy. Okay. And I have yet to have anybody to come up to me and say, Dr. Spaulding, can you please help me get all autopsy to figure out
0: what's wrong Sure.
1: Very apolitical answer of you. Love it.
0: Yeah. 100%.
1: I love it.
3: Oh, no. I'm serious. It, it is re- it's real, though. It's really real. Oh, yeah.
1: Well, I mean, there's too many variables to say. You know, it's how you were raised. It's... I mean sure. there's a thousand variables variables. I've read a lot of stuff on adoption and like Absolutely.
3: how down to two nature versus nurse.
1: Right. Well, I mean, even with uh kids getting separated from their parents right at birth, like it's a yeah. if it's a surrogate and yeah. though like it's the person's egg and semen and they just put in another person as a surrogate to give birth to the yep. kids, which a lot of wealthy people are doing nowadays. Those kids do not have the same emotional bond with the mother, Absolutely. even though it is their Absolutely. DNA. But because of the fact that they weren't hearing their heartbeat and they weren't in their own Absolutely. stomach, there is less of a parental Connection bond. There. You know? Yeah. And, and that's that like is real. it's there's a that lot of real. there's a lot of stuff that goes with that. And
3: sure, it's, it's like down the neurotransmitters. And then you know I can
1: start listening to them, but I don't want to get too technical here. Right. No, but um going back real quick to what you're talking mm-hmm. about being underwater. Um sure. I had never like truly snorkeled until last October and right. uh we were in Hawaii, my wife and I were and you know there were mm-hmm. turtles on the beach and you know, I've been swimming my entire life. And i sure. uh, like, you know when you go underwater and you just kind of hold your breath and you let yourself go down to the bottom and you make yourself completely weightless and you just kind of listen to everything that's going on around you. It's so peaceful and whatever. It is. It is. It's It's so crazy how water just kind of slows your mind down. You know, like if you hold your breath as long as you can and you're just like weightless, don't think about anything. It's like, it's crazy, that feeling. And so when we were out in Hawaii, we were being taught how to snorkel by people who had snorkeled a bunch and they're like, Mm -hmm. pretty much just lay there on top of the water and your snorkel Mm -hmm. will not go in the water, whatever. So I was sitting there for 40 minutes at a time, Mm -hmm. just watching these fish and these reefs below me completely weightless. My arms and legs are down and I'm just sitting there floating and it was the most incredible experience. And then Um, it was like a bunch. I I swear to God, spalling. It was probably two hundred and fifty turtles, sea turtles, came all around us, and we didn't know where anyone from our party was. We had drifted out quite a ways from shore, and my wife and I were completely surrounded by sea turtles. And it was like one of the most spiritual feelings I'd ever experienced. It was just like whoa, like this is nature in its purest form coming over here in these huge pods of turtles and they're like bumping into us and like checking us out and like
3: welcoming you into the circle right
1: it was like the craziest one of the craziest experiences of my life and it made me want to get a tattoo of a sea turtle on my leg and my (laughs) and my wife and I both looked at each other like do you have a tattoo? No? You don't have a tattoo? Cool. You want to get our first tattoo while we're here in Hawaii and probably pay too much? Sure. What do you want to get? Absolutely. And at the same time, we sure. both said a sea turtle. And I'm not a sea turtle guy, you know? Now you
0: are. Absolutely.
3: Now I am. Man, I, got a, I got a wonderful. big that one. That is so, that is, and, and that thing, what you described, and when you start scuba diving, and you put on the equipment, and you go down certain depths, you get what is called neutral buoyancy. And When you created your BC, your buoyancy compensator that you got on, you get it to the point where you got your weight balance and you become neutral. You're not oh, wow. neutral buoyancy, you're not sinking, and you're not floating. It <sighs> is the closest you can come to outer space, and this is why they train astronauts in water in tanks. And they get neutral buoyancy, and it's like you're in outer space.
1: Oh. Yeah, that's crazy. Whoa, I can't and even... It I is, can't even picture what that feels like. That's so crazy. It is,
3: it is so free, especially if you're drift diving, and you just let the current, and, you know, they got a big orange ball with a hundred, two hundred 200, 150-foot rope on it. Got one right. person holding the big orange ball floating, and you just hang with the dude with the ball and let the current blow. you. It's really some good drift diving down at a uh, – and where the Kennedy compound is, down there on the, the beach there. I forget what that was. Uh, <laughs> you know, where the Kennedy compound down there on the beach. How, yeah, West Palm Beach.
1: How, West Palm. Uh, how hard is it to get into, like, shooting fish underwater? Because we have a friend over in Washington, Andy Pryor. Well, and Isaac he, did it, too. And, well, and Isaac. Yeah. But, like, Andy Pryor goes hard. <clears throat> Like he bought a wetsuit mm-hmm. with like underwater camo and oh yeah all this stuff you and know it looks you the underwater spearfishing yeah he's doing underwater spearfishing in
3: Washington yeah yeah the thing about it is too that it's challenging and you, and you know it's a little it's a little bit different underwater than it is from shooting on top of the water like mostly because you got to shoot it at that angle you know because it the water in but underwater you gotta <laughs> you gotta hit and shoot and go. You don't hang around. You do know why, right?
1: Yeah, sharks.
3: Absolutely. Right. Yeah, but you, you hit. You hit. You know, stick and move. You stick and
0: move. Spalding, does a shark and, care about your energy?
3: Well, <laughs> well, he should. Well, I but think he feels. He. Does, I think a shark knows when he feels my energy. He knows. He I need to be careful because he's about to get eaten. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, he's gonna get eaten.
3: That's right. So I'm really. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna eat them, huh? <laughs> That's right. That's right. Shark steaks are excellent.
1: They do oh taste they good. I have too. eaten a shark I've never before. Had shark, it's amazing.
3: Yeah. Oh, they're good. They got no bone, in it. you just got that backbone right. that goes down the middle, and then it's like it's better than uh, uh what's that? Pork Swordfish chop. or yeah. pork chop? Yeah, no. Well, yeah. If you ever had a hogfish, hogfish is one of the best tasting. They they taste better than walleye. Well, I'll. And you got to go up the coast to kill a Well, you pra- like Spalding,
0: Spalding, you ever you yeah. ever eaten walleye in like Minnesota or Canada?
3: Sure. Yeah. Off oh really? Yeah, You've been up walleye. here. Yeah, yeah. I used to fish, man. I used to fish in all. Oh, I fished in Lake Michigan. I fished in Lake Erie. You know, I used to go catch when I was younger with my uncle, man. We would catch the salmon, the coho, and the you know salmon when they would do their runs.
1: And you're telling and, me a dogfish and, tastes better than a fish, a walleye you just you caught? No,
3: a, a hog, a hogfish, hog not fish. a dogfish.
1: Hogfish. It looks
3: just like, yeah, it looks, oh my God, it's better than red snapper. <laughs> it looks just like a pig. It, never never. Right. better than walleye.
0: Where do, huh? you sh- where do you shoot those, Spalding?
3: you got to get off the coast pretty good, you know, pretty far off, you know. They, they, I've never seen them too close into the shore. Yeah.
0: You, and, and you, you go, go off, you know, like, I've Florida?
3: Got, well, yeah. When I shot one that we shot, well, I was down off the coast of Cuba, down and down to Dry Tortuga. You know, that's oh, cool. like between yeah, it's down Caribbean. there. And yeah, 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 yeah. And and it is unreal. When you are know, you when are you going back? Than, I don't know. You know, the uh, cameraman for Two Four Seven uh, that did all the video and form they showed up. Uh, he yeah. just got certified. Oh really? And he's wanting to do yeah. He just got certified, well, he's got his open water. But see, I'm, I'm like a master diver. We're talking about getting together. There's a big uh, quarry over in Alabama where they did rocks out of there for years. Yeah, and you can do like uh, all kinds of dives there. You know, you can go down and do wreck diving. They got some sunken airplanes, some cranes. Cool. And then you can do you know where you can do trimix where you do the difference. And I, I'm certified to do nitrox, where they do ox- pure oxygen and compressed air. You can't go as deep, but you can stay down longer. But you've got to have a dive computer that's programmable for, for nitrox. But then the Trimix guys can go down. They use some helium, nitrox, and compressed air. Damn. You have to do a lot of – yeah, I know. You, th- those are technical divers. This is some technical shit. Yeah, oh, really, man? Then you got to do the decompression. You know, you got to after so many feet, you come up, you got to stop, and you got to wait mm-hmm. thirty minutes to an hour. And that's I'm the part that Michael. scares
0: the shit out of me, Spalding. Who got yeah, you? I'm who Michael Michael. got you into diving?
3: Well, Lord Bridges, sea hunt. That's before y'all's time. Okay, you never watched the Lord Bridges episode. He was like, the, go back and look at some of the old Lord Bridges. It was called Sea Hunt. It's the Bridges brother's daddy. You know, Todd Bridges and Bo Bridges' daddy. He was like the ultimate sea hunt. He had a show that would come on every Saturday on underwater scuba diving. And he was, I used to scuba dive on my grandmother's floor in the summertime.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> when was the first time you got to scuba dive in the ocean, Spaulding? How old were you?
3: I was twenty oh see i' went back at 28. i went back at 28 yeah but i was about 28 years old 29 first time scuba diving in the ocean now, i used to do a lot of snorkeling when i was young but scuba diving and you talking about underwater hunting in the, in there man where you were on those pylons under the bridges was that yeah. night was a light man you kill some big pigs, all kinds Grouper. of fish. you could get some Oh, yeah, man. Let me tell you yeah. what we – I got a buddy of mine that would take me – I call it an underwater motorcycle, okay? <laughs> and he had a, he had an underwater scooter, and it was reversed, so he would sit on it. And he's got a scabbard on the side. And when we shoot those grouper, we call it underwater rodeo. Because if you shoot a gigantic grouper, you know, he's a the size – They're 400 the pounds. Pick up from.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah they're four hundred and so fifty pounds on,
3: that's why we call it on the water rodeo
1: <laughs> that's so intense right. man that's so oh, intense yeah. i I got some buddies down in Florida and they uh they do that every once in a while and it looks like so much damn fun but man, I have a very i have a very great. healthy respect for the ocean you know so that's very yeah. Very frightening for me at the same time, where it's like, oh, okay, what if I get the bends? Okay, oh, what if well, a no, fish drags me down? You,
3: you learn what you're doing, and then what you do is is you you pay attention because what we do, we always do a safety stop, period. You know, and the maximum dive depth you can go as a uh, open water diver is no more than 130 feet. 120 would be pushing it. And then with the new computers we have now, it calculates. We can do profile diving. Long years ago, you had to calculate your deepest depth and the time. It all had to be calculated as one. Now with computers, you can come back up 34 feet, and your computer is going to give you more bottom time. But before computers, you had to calculate the time down based on the moment you hit the water. In the moment you got out, based on your maximum depth. So mm-hmm. now computers yeah. allow for us to do profile diving, and, and it allows for you to be able to get free. And then what we do, just as we get at 15 foot, we do an automatic stop, period. We do a safety stop, and that allows for the off-gassing of the, you know, the nitrogen that builds up from breathing compressed air on the water. And it, that's where, you know, it kind of looks like what, when you get the bend, it's like taking, shaking a Coca-Cola up, you know, with the top on it before you open it. And then the nitrogen gets out in your bloodstream, you got to go get in the hyperbaric chamber.
1: That but doesn't you're
3: safe... That shit doesn't ahead. frighten that's, you at all? No, man. Well, I mean, no. You know, it's like, what? Only thing you have to fear is what? Death Yourself. Itself.
0: You know what? Yeah. Spalding... Let
3: me tell you what, fear... Yeah, let me spell it for you. This is Dr. Spalding. This is anonym. Fear. F-E-A-R. Fear. False evidence appearing real.
0: False evidence appearing real. Damn.
3: False evidence appearing real. That's what fear is in my vocabulary.
0: Spalding, uh, have you ever gotten the Benz?
3: <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I'm a safe diver. I, to I operate within. Yeah, I, I dive within the parameter. Never,
1: ever. Just have to
0: ask. You know holy what I mean? shit. Just That's have to ask. so funny, Spaulding, We got to wrap up with you so we can close up our sure. podcast. And we can't thank Absolutely, you enough I've for. We can't thank you enough oh, for coming man. on. And we're gonna have to do it again. We'd love it if you'd be a regular on the show. So you have to come man, on when I'm we ask a regular.
3: you i'm a regular man i'm a regular because i want to learn what y'all do i really want to do it I, i'm serious i want to i need. i need you know i want to be a pro today i want someone to show me how to do it because i think i do have a lot to offer out you do there in, you in definitely do and i want to be able to do that man and i would appreciate you guys especially you two you know what i mean it's kind of like be a mentor I'm, we I'm excited we will do everything so we can for we'll do you. already
1: We'll do our best. I we're absolutely. definitely not the best at it, but um, we know
0: people though that are good at it.
1: You know, sure.
0: Yeah, no Spalding. Yeah, I legit. We yeah. we want people to know about what you got to say because it is always fun. It's always interesting. You're completely authentic, and uh, we
1: we appreciate you for
3: coming. Well, home, I just buddy.
1: I learned
0: something man, every time you I
3: considering me, man. Oh, thank well, you guys we're
1: past time. consideration. Yeah, we're we're past yeah, consideration. You know. You're a regular now. Yeah, but
3: Yeah, I know it, man. Y'all blood brothers now. You right, know we, that's right. Hey, we all in the same place. Oh, you yeah. Know Absolutely. That's true. That's, you know, to uh, down by law. You know, ride or die. Ride <laughs> or die, baby. Classify. That's it, baby. Um, <laughs> so thank y'all. Y'all have a great night, man, and you close out. And let me know anytime you want me. And I can, you know, take it from the – I can go anywhere you need to go. You know, let's do it.
1: Yeah, no, let's, I think uh, I think we're gonna have to do an annual hunt. You know, that'd be a freaking sure, blast. Sure. And yeah, uh, man, that, that
3: that's right. You know,
1: it doesn't absolutely. need to be seven days or anything. It can be three or four. You know, sure, and we can sure. and we can plan it out right to where we just absolutely smoke them. You know, and yeah,
0: if we don't, yeah, that, and if I'm we saying. don't, Spalding we all know about positive energy and how much it means yeah. and that we just go out and yeah. have a good time. All right, and no. that's
3: what Renard Daddy, my hunting buddy Waldo, well, you just said about to kind of went fellowship. back to what he said not to it's do. about to Yeah, absolutely, man. I'm excited. I'm excited. Y'all don't know what you guys, you invigorated me, to just allow me. It is an honor and a privilege to be a part of something like this and to be able to be a part of the message that I know that, you know, some people out there don't even know exists.
1: No, we feel the same way about you,
0: bud. You're the best, Spalding. We love yeah. you, man. We'll talk to you soon.
3: All right. Much love, guys. See ya. have a good one.
0: Yeah, bye.
3: All right. Peace out. Love him. Guy's Dude, a he's- gem.
0: And he's just had so many different experiences. I think the thing I love about him, though, too, is he's just like, he just does anything. He just wants to try anything.
1: Dude, he he is just like a class A psychopath. You know? <laughs> in so many different ways. But it's like such a positive psychopath. You know, yeah. like uh, I think the better word that I'm thinking of is wild card. You know, he's yeah. just an absolute wild card. You have no idea what's going to come out of his mouth. And it is so exciting to hear what's going on next. We have one more sponsor to introduce you guys. It is First Light. Now we have signed with First Light this year. And there are so many exciting things they have coming out. But what I want to talk to you about today is the rugged wool that they have this stuff is double-layered, real wool. It is heavy. It is comfortable, but it's not too heavy. You know, It's just enough to where you feel like you're warm. And I think the biggest thing about the Rugged Wool 2.0, I think is what they call it, is that it doesn't pill. It doesn't shrink. It doesn't do anything. They added more wool so that it actually just becomes more molded it's to more your body. It's more durable, too. It's more durable, dude. So, like, when you catch it on a branch, it's not going to string out the wool on you, and then you have to burn it or cut it and burn it. It's just there for life. So, go check out FirstLight.com. They have a bunch of cool stuff on waterfall this year, and they have great solids, great camo patterns. Go check them out.
0: Let's do just the tip. I think I have a pretty good tip. Just the tip. It's something that I've thought of. Just the tip this week. Um... <laughs> So, man, one thing that's kind of been in my head is there's been so many times where we've gone on a hunt and have
1: <laughs> unreal, <laughs> just spilled beer. You need a sippy cup? I like really bad, Carter.
0: Um, so, okay, we've gone on a hunt and we'll have like forgotten something. Yeah. Right. And so lately I've been trying to think up and I don't know why, but this seems to be like my late night obsession. I have like 10 innovation ideas that I mm-hmm. want to do videos on. Um, but like thinking of basically like makeshift solutions for for problems when you're hunting and you forgot something.
1: So your blind bag just got a lot fuller, essentially.
0: No. Okay. That's the whole point of this. Okay. So the whole point of this, right, is, and what I thought of with this, the reason I thought of it is because you and I have forgotten lucky ducks and we've forgotten everything on multiple hunts, obviously. Right. That could make any type of motion in our decoy spread. hundred percent. Okay. Because, you know. (laughs) <laughs> Not something we thought of. And one thing I was thinking about, I hate with the jerk strings, right? One thing that I kind of hate is that big claw. because like On cle- the anchor? Yes. Like cleaning the claw and then just dealing with it and then having to put it back in some kind of bag okay. with like a disgusting fucking amount of weeds and shit on it, you know? Mm. You never have time. And wrapping up that big hunking claw is yeah. a huge pain in the ass. So I'm like, well, how could I make a jerk (coughs) string that wouldn't have that? So what I thought of, right, is getting a mesh bag, okay? And you can order just like regular like mesh hole bags with a cinch drawstring on Amazon. Mm. Cut the string, make a loop on one end so that the other string goes through it and pulls it tight. And that's how it gets tight. Tie a piece of elastic from that onto another piece
1: of string... What's a piece of elastic?
0: Elastic cord,
1: <laughs> you know? Like a bungee cord? <clears throat>
0: yeah, like basically like a bungee cord, okay. like a mini bungee cord. Okay.
1: Because I'm, I'm thinking can, where can I buy elastic Yeah, and I don't know.
0: No, a bungee cord, like go and buy a longer thin bungee cord. Sure. Or you can even buy like elastic cord. Mm. <clears throat> but go get that and tie it on to the end or somehow secure it, whatever you need to do to do that, to the other string that's cinched on the bag got it, tie that piece of elastic cord, maybe a four or five foot section, tie it onto another piece of like paracord. Okay. Or, you know, nylon string, whatever it is. And then as you go down that line, right, tie loops, right, with swivel hooks, get swivel hooks attached onto this thing and space them out every like four feet. Now you've literally just created a jerk string. Okay, Mm. and that string can run back. You can make a piece like a handle out of a piece of wood or even just literally buy a small section of one by four, whatever it is. And you can wrap the cord all the way around that. And you have made yourself a jerk string. Now, the key is that mesh bag. All you have to do anywhere you go is just find a rock or a couple of rocks. Fill the bag with small rocks. Put one big rock in it. I don't really care. Just wait. But wait. Yeah. Right? And you can pick up rocks pretty much anywhere you're going to go hunt. You know, and if they're not in the water, just make sure you think of it when you get to where you're going to hunt. Grab a rock. Boat launch. Boat launch. Exactly. Wherever you're staying, the Airbnb, whatever it is, grab some rocks, put them in the bag. When you're done hunting, you can literally just empty the rocks back into the lake and take it with you. You've got no weight to carry. You've got no claw to try and, you know, messily put in something. Yeah. And so all around, I just thought it was a really cool idea. If you don't have like a mesh bag with you or you can't get one of those, you could totally just buy like a piece of painter's cloth and stab knife holes in it in a circle and run a string through it. I mean, you literally just need a sack with a cinch cord on it that in some way could carry, you know, weight. Sure. So all around, it was just something I was thinking about, like how could I go to a hardware store and just buy enough things to create a jerk string. And you can pretty much go to any hardware store, bait shop, or anyth- anywhere you can get swivel hooks, elastic cord, or a bungee cord.
1: So this is like if, you, if you're going to a trip for like three days and you're like, oh, shit, we don't have the jerk cord. That's what I was thinking, but I'm going to make And then you can go to the hardware store and after you've had that, fir- yes. that thought on the first yep. hunt, like, shit, yep. wish we had a jerk cord. Yep.
0: You gotcha. can make a jerk cord very easily, and I think, the like, I was really thinking about it because I just didn't want to use that big, dumb claw. Sure. And, like, not having to carry any weight on a jerk string. Yeah. It's pretty sweet to be able to say, like, I could wrap that jerk string up with a mesh bag on it instead of a, you know, a claw. Yeah. Putting no, in my I suitcase. Weighs nothing. Yeah. I can travel
1: with that. My thing that. is, um, I really like your idea. It's very cool. Um, what I always run into is, why isn't the jerk rig in the boat? You sure. know, so oh, let me just yeah, yeah. so let me just play off of your deal. Sure. So things that are normally in a boat, right? Some sort of line cord. You should probably always keep some sort of line that's like a paracord because you can use paracord for freaking everything. It's so cheap. Um, and then you already have your boat anchor, or most boats have an anchor, right? So you can use that as the anchor, and then at the boat ramp most people have a bungee cord or two in their truck a lot of people have a bungee cord yep and then um, on the keel of the decoy you don't need to make a knot but you can just loop it around the keel or put it through the hole of the keel and then they all have that weird little yeah um, like scoopity lip that yep. scoopity yep that's scientific <laughs> and uh, you just wrap it you put it through the hole and around the scoopity like you would a like a boat yeah um, uh, like a boat dock. Hook up. Yeah, yeah. You know, you put it through the hole and round it, and then it'll hold forever. So you can do that with your decoys, and then just make sure you have enough line.
0: Dude, and that's the thing. You literally just came up with a way to have a
1: jerk string. Right. If you forgot everything. Right. And now, has it happened? Yeah, so yes. So many times. No, that exact situation I just told you. Yes.
0: Oh, you've made the jerk string. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. I've never seen this, but... I believe but you. But that's
1: because you were on the hunt, and you're more prepared than I am. There you go. There
0: it, it is. I always had the jerk strike. Okay.
1: There it is. Um, My tip, mm-hmm. playing off of yours, and this one's might be a little bit more well-known. Cal came up with a really good, um, you know, do-it-yourself deal. So what we have ran into quite a bit in our endeavors of hunting with people, especially new people, is they just grab their dad's shotgun, and their dad's a pheasant hunter, so there's no plug in the gun, Right. Ding, ding, now ding. you have to make a piece a f- of tree. a field plug. Now you can make a plug out of a lot of things. But what I found, I hunted with this guy three, four years ago. And someone didn't have a plug in their gun. He goes, oh, I've got a wooden dowel in my bag. I go, what? You have a wooden dowel? He goes, yeah, I always keep one. I'm like, what do you have a wooden dowel in your bag for? He's like, well, this, for starters. Yeah. But also... There's always something on someone's uh, layout blind or A-frame that breaks or it's not getting tight enough. So if you think about every A-frame, there's not enough material after you put all the grass and stuff in it because it's so tight. And then when you're trying to buckle the buckles, it's really hard. And he's explaining this to me. And I'm like, oh, my God, you're a freaking genius. So what he did is he wrapped the two ends of the buckles around the dowel. He goes like this and turns it. Now there's no resistance to buckle those things. I'm like... That is so smart, like just crazy. He just had like a eight, 10-inch wooden dowel that you can tell that he broke so many times to put in people's guns for a plug. I'm like, damn. But I've also seen people use shotgun shells and um, tree branches constantly. Yeah,
0: I've seen a lot of tree
1: Cattail reeds, whatever you can find that's semi-hard, but by far the best one is a wooden dowel.
0: Here's a question. If the DNR comes to check you and you didn't like and you have a cattail reed plug, are you getting a ticket?
1: No. As long as they can't shove another shell. Like they if you can only hard. have three. I mean, if they really shoved hard, they could. I guess maybe. But like it's like the root of the cattail. It's like way yeah, down yeah, there. It's yeah. not as flimsy. It's just crazy. It's not you as you know, as long flimsy. as you can't shove another shell in there, you're good
2: so i love it carter you have a tip mine is more for uh most people know it but it's more for like the pile pictures just please belly up for the birds on 90 percent of the pictures (laughs) that actually actually is actually good advice i have seen way too many brown duck beat downs with their backs up and doesn't look as good yeah it doesn't
1: you think it's better for the
2: aesthetics?
0: I think this year to Absolutely. piss you off, I'm going to take every pile pick bird's belly down. Please
1: do. I won't allow it. <laughs> I won't allow it. I was taught so long ago not to do that. Yep. It was yeah. like nine years ago. I hunted with someone and they're like, Joey, if you ever do that again, I will murder you. That's and I'm exa- like, why? And he's like, just look at this. And I we killed a lot of birds that day. it was like 36 birds or something. And he's like, look at it right now and then look at it after we're done. And look I'm like, shit. that looks so much better. Yeah. I, Instantly better. That's yep.
2: how I found my first hunt. Uh, I We shot, I think, like 38 or something. We set them up, and they were all back up. It was me and a couple of friends, and the one guy that took us out saw the pile, and he made fun of us for a long time for it and <laughs> never did it again. <laughs> Let's put it that way.
1: <clears throat> Crushed your ego, huh? Yeah. Look at all these birds we killed. He's like, well, but you didn't stack them right. Yeah. So God. you're a noob. Yeah. I love it. Oh, my gosh.
0: Uh, boys, great podcast. Carter, can you play some outro music for us? Absolutely. All right. Bring it down a little bit. Bring it down a little bit. Come down. Come down. Just enough come to come be sensual. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like a sexy background.
1: You're so your
0: um, Guys, it's summer, and that means that you should go and buy some better fed beef, by the way, really quick. Just want to shout them out. Go to betterfedbeef.com. You can still use our discount code. Get some merch. We still have some
1: goose shirts left. Joey's has stains on it. I've been wiping <laughs> up beer with it. This yeah. is my personal shirt.
0: Yeah, I know. obviously. But
1: no, we have a little bit of inventory left. Uh, I think it's double X and XL. I don't think
0: so. I think it's large. Mostly. Excuse me. Um, I don't really know, There'll man. They'll be at Game to Fair. Be honest, just, There'll be a game we'll fair. have some stuff at Game Fair. Come check it out. We'll have a sale on some of the... Oldest stuff. I think we have a couple of like rogue old old items. Love it. Yeah. So we'll find those. All right. <clears throat> Thanks, guys. Appreciate you listening. Make sure to check new podcasts out every Thursday. We'll see you soon.
1: Sorry for uh, being a little Alex Jonesy, but please leave us reviews. You know, it's Damn, it's really good. Did care about. And that. now <laughs> we are wanting to get to a thousand reviews. That's yeah. the only reason why I'm bringing it up, Cal. Mm-hmm. It is your second time bringing it up. I know. So I know. Kinda and you know about. what? I love it. Yeah. So bring it
0: for you uh thanks for listening guys
1: i get the last word
3: see you soon (laughs) (laughs) hey one more thing by the way